teach you the meaning of that name, Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, it is wisdom's mystery, God with us. Sages look at it and wonder. Angels desire to see it. The plumb line of reason cannot reach halfway into its depths. The eagle wings of science cannot fly so high, and the piercing eye of the vulture of research cannot see it. God with us. It is hell's terror. Satan trembles at the sound of it. His legions fly apace. The black-winged dragon of the pit quails before it. Let Satan come to you suddenly and do you but whisper the word, God with us, and back he falls, confounded and confused. Satan trembles when he hears that name. It is the laborer's strength. How could he preach the gospel? How could he bend his knees in prayer? How could the missionary go into foreign lands? How could the martyr stand at the stake? How could the confessor acknowledge his master? How could men labor if that one word were taken away? God with us is the sufferer's comfort, is the balm of his woe, is the alleviation of his misery, is the sleep that God gives to his beloved, is the rest after exertion and toil. God with us is eternity's sonnet, is heaven's hallelujah, is the shout of the glorified, is the song of the redeemed, is the chorus of angels, and is the everlasting oratorio of the great orchestra of the sky. God with us. Christmas is all about. Amen. Christ with us. And Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 22, begins, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, who is the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 7, verse 14, The Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. 
Welcome again to our Christmas series. This is week three of Christmas in the Neighbourhood. And today is all about a message entitled, Christ with us. We're looking at the Messiah's mission. Church, 2,700 years ago, Isaiah prophesied what would actually be known as the mission statement of the Messiah. It encapsulates Advent and why Christ came to be with us. Listen as I read to you from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That's joy right there, isn't it? Good news of great joy that is for all the people. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. When your heart's broken and it gets healed, it brings peace. To proclaim freedom for the captives. That's God's love encapsulated in God so loved the world that he gave this gift to us. And release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And when you hear that word, the Lord's favour, that's all about the hope that Christmas brings. That while Jesus was born as a baby, he came to us that first Christmas. The hope of God's favour is that he is coming again and will be with us forever. Amen. Then 700 years after Isaiah prophesied, Jesus would stand up in the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth. They would hand him a scroll of Isaiah. He would unroll it and he would find Isaiah 61 and declare that he is the fulfillment of this prophecy in Luke 4 verse 21. It says, then Jesus said to them, today this scripture is fulfilled. Remember Matthew? All this took place to fulfill. Today this is fulfilled in your hearing. And so as we look at the Messiah's mission today, we're going to discover why Christ came to be with us in the neighborhood. I'm going to give you the three points up front for those of you who like to take some notes. We're going to look at the angel's announcement, the princely peace, and the shepherd's search. So firstly, the first reason Christ came to be with us is found in the angel's announcement. In the uh, nativity story in Luke chapter 2 verse 9. It was to poor shepherds. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory, the Shekinah of the Lord, shone around them, and they were terrified. <laughs> Shaken in their boots. But the angel said to them, Fear not, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And that's the mission of the Messiah right there. He came to be with us to, to proclaim good news that those captive, those taken hostage in sin here, could one day, through the Christ child, know a home in heaven. Of course, fear not. Fear not. I think that's a word that resonates with us, isn't it? 
Fear not what lies before you in the next few days as you head towards Christmas. Fear not as you move into the uncertainty of 2023. Christ is with you. Reading on. Luke 2 verse 11. Today in the town of David, that's Bethlehem, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So it's Christ with us. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Always good news to hear about the, uh, uh, the, the joy of the delivery of a, a newborn baby, isn't it? But we Christians... We set Christ apart because we believe that this baby and no other baby is God in human flesh. Have you ever, uh, we've got a couple of newborn babies in the church. Have you ever, ever put your, your finger in the palm of a, a little baby? And there's just this, this natural reaction where the hand goes closed over your finger. And you can feel this little tug, can't you? Oh, it's a great moment, isn't it? What's it tugging more at, your finger or your heart? And that's this powerful grip that Christ has on us at Christmas. It's this tiny hand that sort of reaches out of the bed of straw. It's why God, invisible in his own nature, became visible in ours. You see, we were beyond his grasp. We can't reach up and grab hold of him so he personally came to be within our grasp Christ with us I love John's gospel account John chapter 1 verse 14 it could read away in a manger in a little town of Bethlehem the word became flesh and blood and made his home with us we know in the message bible it says he moved into the neighborhood folks the word is Christ, that he became flesh is the single most unique characteristic of Christianity that sets it apart from every other religion. Christ became flesh and blood and he moved into the neighborhood with us. So we always got to remember, we're going to have a reality check that the infant that we talk about is the eternal God. Pleased as man, to dwell with man, Jesus, our Emmanuel, Christ with us. Theologians call it the incarnation, don't they? Uh, the second person of the Godhead, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the second person who was immortal, invisible, creator, became mortal, became visible became created Christ with us yet the amazing thing that just sort of blows my mind is that whilst he came to be human he didn't cease to be God he added to his deity manhood and he did that to be fully God fully man I don't know how many times I've said this in the last 18 years someone without sin had to come to this world to pay the price for sin that we could never pay. And so he was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary for us. He became what he'd never been without losing what he'd always been. 
ever since Adam and Eve. And you remember we looked at the story of Adam and Eve last week. They were evicted from their home in the Garden of Eden because of their sin. And sin separates us from a holy God being with us. And yet the reality is that I think it was Augustine said there's this God-shaped hole in each one of our hearts. There's a homesickness, a longing that surely this place here, this hell that we live in, can't be all there is. No, no, no. Christ came to show that there's a home in heaven waiting for us. So when he was born in Bethlehem, the creator of the universe came home to his creation. He's, he's really sort of saying, you know what? I am homesick for you that I have created. It's like a uh, grandfather. He was invited for Christmas lunch around to his family's home. And when he walked in the front door, he saw his grandson trapped captive in the playpen, bawling his eyes out. As he saw him, his eyes were all red, his, his cheeks were all puffy, tears streaming down his face. Little boy was screaming the house down. And he turned and he saw Pop come in, <gasps> went over, held up his hands. Up, Pop! Up! Up, Pop! Well, the grandfather, not uh, wanting to see his uh, grandson suffer, is about to reach in over the playpen and release the boy from captivity when all of a sudden law and order walks into the room. Tea towel over her shoulder. Don't you dare touch him, Dad. He's been naughty. She turns and she leaves the room. Well, the grandfather, not wanting to disobey his daughter and her wishes but at the same time he couldn't stand to see his his grandson suffering and then suddenly it came to him if he can't get out to be with me I'll climb in and be with him and that's a great illustration isn't it of what we couldn't get to God a holy righteous God sin separates us so he climbed over the spiritual wall, if you like, that separates us so that we could be with him. Christ came in and climbed in to be with us. In Titus chapter 3, verse 4, it says this, When the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared with us, he saved us. Love here is this idea that, that God, he was eager to deliver us from the pain of life, the distress, uh, because of his strong affection. Remember, God breathed his spirit of life in. He created us. He's got this strong affection for us. And that's the crux of Christianity, isn't it? We couldn't get to him. He climbed over the spiritual wall of divide into this physical world in order to save us. Christ with us. We never separate the cradle at Christmas from the cross at Calvary. But of course, it's really important, isn't it? Christmas. His name is in the whole message. So if Christ is not your saviour, then there really isn't any Christmas for you to celebrate. So the Messiah's mission is to bring good news. Captives can be set free. Christmas is a celebration. It's a party. Good news of great joy that all of us can find a home with Christ in heaven. 
We talked a lot about it in this service. But you know, the number one thing that people want for Christmas is to be with family. Those that you love, you want them around you at Christmas. Can you imagine uh, there ain't much joy on Christmas Day if you've got this great big pile of food? I'm all alone. There's nobody here but me. That's not the point of Christmas, is it? God sent his son so that you can be a part of his family. Christmas is an invitation. All who want to be can be a part of God's family forever. That's the angel's announcement. That's part of the Messiah's mission. Well, now to the second reason for uh, Christ with us. It's found through the princely peace. Princely peace. Luke 2 verse 13 and 14, continuing on in the story. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace on whom his favor rests. So the next mission of the Messiah is to make peace. Isaiah 61, it says there, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the year of the Lord's favour. I love that. Church, Christ came to do you a favour. Year, of course, here it doesn't mean for the next 365 days you might find God's favour. It's a time frame. It's a time frame that began when Christ came to be with us that first Christmas, if you like, a baby born in Bethlehem. And it will continue to go on until Christ comes again. Riding on the clouds, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. He's going to be with us forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. I'm going to get there in a minute. So this is what's called the year of Jubilee. Remember this from Leviticus 16. He is the fulfillment. Every 50 years, this horn, it was called a shafar, it would blow, yeah? And it would blow the cobwebs off of everything that people knew to be solid. Four, th four things would happen. Number one, every debt would be cancelled. <gasps> How'd you like that? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Every debt. Did you know that the average Aussie holds between three and $4,000 credit card debt? And looking around, some of you look above average. Can you imagine every debt? Can you imagine world debt being cancelled? Christ came to cancel a debt that we couldn't afford to pay. Second thing, everybody who's in prison for debt gets to go free. You know, we've got 40,000 inmates in prisons around Australia paying their debt to society. Thirdly, everybody who is a slave is given their freedom. Remember a few weeks back we talked about how many slaves there are in the world today. 50 million. Christ came to end slavery. And then finally, every 50 years, no matter how many people have owned it, the land returns to its original family owners. That resonates with us, doesn't it? 
returns to its original family owners. You know, when we think about who owns the land, uh, my mind goes back to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's the creator. He holds the deed and title. So Jesus is saying, I've come to be the fulfillment of the year of Jubilee. I'm the guy that Isaiah is talking about. I've come to announce your release, to set you free, to wipe the slate clean, to pay your debt, to cancel it all. You're no longer a slave to sin. I've come to make peace between you and God so that one day you can know a home in heaven. You can be part of God's family. You can come back into that rightful ownership, an heir of the kingdom. And you know, one of the good news stories that we need to spread with others is that the year of Jubilee is still in effect today until Christ comes again. So Christ with us, it's all about reconciliation. He's the one who's made this peace treaty. Christ made reparation on the cross. Christ paid the price that we could never pay in full for everything that we have done wrong. The word peace means to join back together. It means to glue something that's been broken. So at Christmas we remember that Christ came to be with us to make peace. That's what Christmas is all about. Sometimes people will say things to me like, Andrew, I've, I've, I've made my peace with God. And I understand what you mean, don't get me wrong, but we're actually incapable of making peace because we don't actually have anything to offer a holy, righteous, good God in our sinful states. We're incapable of doing that. You see, to make is to manufacture. You've got to make it. So where was peace made? It was made on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago when Christ died for us. In Romans 5 verse 10 it says, Even though we were his enemies. That's pretty strong, isn't it? A lot of people in the world today don't actually feel like they're enemies of God. God made peace with us. He took the initiative because his son died for our sins. Now that we are at peace with God, we will be saved for eternity by his son's life. Jesus paid the compensation for our war. Peace only sounds good when you realize that you've been at war, doesn't it? Yeah? It's a radical thought, I think, that God's anger over sin is only satisfied by the sacrifice of his son on the cross. God's fury is fully absorbed by the death of Christ on the cross. So that relationship that is broken, broken by sin, is now joined back together by Jesus. How do, you, how do you get there? Well, you just need to say, I'm sorry, God. And God forgives you. And we're reconciled. And the war is over. Amen? Broken. Put back together. You know, the word uh, for broken in the Greek is where we get the word throw. And if you throw something, it breaks into pieces. It's the idea of pottery that's been shattered. And if you know the scriptures, we are the clay, God is the potter. And so we understand here that Christ came to repair shattered lives. That's what Christmas is all about. He's with us. Do you know there's uh, 
It's actually something called broken heart syndrome. It's a, a medical thing. When you're under great stress and distress, yeah, the body's wanting to cope. And so the mind will release these chemicals into the body to help you cope. But some of those chemicals actually damage the tissue around the heart. It's called broken heart syndrome. Have you ever suffered from a broken heart? Some of you may be feeling the pain of a broken heart now. Maybe something's happened in 2022 and your heart is breaking. Sadly, many people were crushed by circumstances, broken by bereavements this year, beaten down by abuse, languishing in loneliness, despairing because of disappointments, rejected in relationships, paralyzed by problems. And Christmas doesn't tend to lift that, does it? Christmas sometimes just intensifies the issue. But you know what? I think, I think we all suffer a broken heart at some level, don't you? What I've actually discovered in my time on the planet is that some people are just better at hiding it than others. But you can't hide it from God. The only way to fix a broken heart is for you to hand him all of the pieces of your life. Take great comfort from Psalm 34 verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's what Christ with us is all about. And you know, in Colossians 3 verse 15, we discover the reality of peace through Christ when it actually says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. I want you to think for a moment. What is it that's ruling in your heart today? What is it that's ruling in your life, in your thoughts. The way to unlock peace is just that one word, let. We have to let, let Christ come in that he can overrule whatever's going on in your life. I want you to understand and believe this. Whatever problem you have, Christ always has the corresponding peace. Whatever you're going through externally, if you will let Christ come in and rule in your heart, you can have peace through that problem. You're familiar with the uh, Christmas carol. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. It's uh, based on a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Two years before he wrote this, uh, Longfellow's personal peace was probably pulverized when his wife was tragically burned to death in a fire. And then his son, without the father's blessing, went off to fight in the Civil War and he came back severely handicapped. He writes about hearing these Christmas bells that speak of peace, but he can't find any peace in his heart. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And the bells were ringing louder and louder and louder. It was deeper into his soul. And then finally he declares, God 
is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail and the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And I like how uh, he personalises the song with the angel in the lyrics. Do you hear the bells they're ringing? The life of angels singing. Open up your hearts and hear them. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. So that's the Messiah's mission. Christ came to heal the brokenhearted so that we can actually hear those bells of, of love and joy, of peace and hope ringing in our hearts this Christmas. And then finally today, the final reason Christ came is through the shepherd's search. The shepherd's search. Luke 2:15. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So the poor old shepherds. They get the angel's invitation to find Christ and they're off. No hesitation. And they become the very first to receive the good news. And good news this good cannot be kept to themselves. So they actually became the very first evangelists for Jesus in the neighborhood. The shepherds took Christ out in their community with an RSVP. Yeah? Responde, se vous play. Got a French student here with us. Our mission church is simply to invite our neighbours to respond to the greatest gift of Christmas, God's Son with us. And in Luke 4 verse 21 it concludes, Then Jesus said to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. My question, of course, today is, will the scripture be fulfilled in what God wants us to do as we align ourselves with the Messiah's mission, Christ in our community? 2,000 years ago, Jesus stands up and he reads the most famous passage of the coming of the Savior of the world, God's Son in the neighborhood. But what does it mean? What does that mean? How does that impact Christ? with us today in our neighborhood what do we tell others the meaning of christ with us you know uh some of you have been on a great search and some of you are still searching for that perfect gift for the ones you love but folks i want you to know the importance of the gift of god with us do you understand that word with do you understand the depth of that word, with? Do you understand the difference that that makes uh, to us, that word, with? Ladies, uh, if you've got a husband, here we go, men, brace yourselves. Physically, they might be with you. They might have come with you in the car. They might be sitting with you now in church. They might have been with you on the couch last night, physically close to you, but not with you. Spiritually, emotionally. Let's be honest, ladies, I know some of your husbands, and intellectually, they're in another postcode. 
they're not with you. Even when you try to tell them how you feel and why you feel the way you do, they're not with you. Oh, honey, I, I feel so alone. Man thinks to himself, what do you mean alone? You're with the kids all day, every day. How can you be alone? They're not with you, are they? Emotionally, spiritually, intellectually. But folks, I want you to understand the gift of Jesus with you. It means from Hebrews chapter 2, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shares in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. For this reason, he had to be made like him, or like them, fully human in every way. You see, I want you to get this. It's not that Jesus came to be close at Christmas for a little while and now he's nowhere to be seen. No, he understands us. He is with us in our humanity, in the fullness and all of the shape that it is to be human. He understands you emotionally, spiritually, physically, intellectually. He can identify. And if he can identify in every way with us, then he can sympathize when you're hurting. He knows what it's like to hurt. When you're in pain, he understands that, that pain. He understands every situation and circumstance of life because he had to be 100% like us. You know, I love the fact that uh, Jesus came and he stood at the graveside of a loved one and he wept. Because it means when you and I find ourselves in that very same position, he can identify with our broken hearts when we lose a loved one. He is right there with us. He's with us in the joys and the celebrations of life. And we know through the gospel he was at the wedding celebrating in Cana. He's been with you. You know, if you feel hopeful, joyful, if you feel a sense of love and peace today, it's just simply because the humanity of Christ is with you in every way. But it's not just, I've got Sharon with me. Christ with me. That's the difference right there. It's the all-powerful God who is with us, the creator and sustainer of all heaven and earth, the God who parted the seas in power so the Israelites could walk through, the God who shut the lion's mouth so that Daniel could live, the God who rescued the boys in the fiery furnace, the God who stopped the sun in the sky so that Israel could defeat its enemies. That's the power of God with us. And it's the same power that brought Christ into the world. It's the same power power that raised him from the dead and it's the same power that now lives in us powerful any circumstance that you face Jesus is with us and Christ has the power to turn defeat into victory you know in uh, Matthew chapter 1 he starts doesn't he Emmanuel, God with us. And how does he conclude in Matthew 28? Jesus says, I am with you always. That word always, it means I am with you in all ways, every moment of every day, and I will be with you to the very end of the age. So at Christmas, we, uh, we give gifts, don't we? This time of uh, year, quite often uh, everybody... Uh, 
ask you that question. What do you want for Christmas? What can I get you? What's going to fulfill? What's going to satisfy you? And we can often feel somehow uh, that the amount that someone spends on us determines how much they care. Church, I want you to know God loves you and he spared no expense in sending his son to us. The Messiah's mission tells us that he came because he cares at Christmas. The Messiah's mission is I care for the poor, I care for the brokenhearted, I care for the captives, I care for the blind, and I care for the victims of injustice. And so the Messiah's mission ought to be our mission. His message ought to be our message in our neighborhood today. It's important. It's important for us to help the poor with money, to assist the blind with medicine, to feed the hungry with food, to stand up for injustice, to go and visit people in prison and to help those who are trapped in addiction. But I think it's much more important for us as the church to care for people spiritually. Their spiritual well-being of people in the neighbourhood, I think, is our number one mission. You see, there's a lot of uh, aid agencies out there, isn't there? Doing a lot of good stuff, offering care packages to people. But it's only the church that can do God stuff. It's only the church that can offer people the gift of eternal life. In our community, because we care. Folks, the church is the only representative that Christ has here on earth. This is the only place that people can get the gift of God's Son. It's the only place where people can experience that that love, that joy, that hope, that peace all year round with Christ forever. So our mission is to give the good news of God's favour so that everybody can have a Christmas that is merry. Every person in our neighbourhood. Our mission should be to be Christ and to take Christ into our community. Why don't you stand as the worship team comes forward. We're going to conclude.